Amen. Can you guys stand this morning? Happy Labor Day weekend. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about not wasting our work and what a great, um, great weekend to talk about that. I think that a lot of times we don't consider uh, how, how fully meaningful uh, our work is and really how God has given it to us as a gift um, and there's deep purpose in it. And it's not just the work that we do where we go to, to work and as Claire mentioned, not just the work that we do where we go and we get a paycheck. Certainly it's, that is a, a huge part of it and a huge part of all of our lives for the most part. Um, but also the work we do in the community and the work that we do in our home and the work that we do with our families and all of those things are included in that. But anyway, um, let's read together Colossians chapter 3. This is out of the message versions, verse 15 through 17. Let's read this together. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. You can go ahead and be seated. The scripture in... uh, In the ESV, verse 17, 23, and 24 says it this way, and whatever you do, everyone say whatever. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything, absolutely everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward You are serving the Lord Christ. Augustine said this. Augustine said, pray as though everything depended on God and work as though everything depended on you. The scripture uses these scriptures. uh, The scripture in Colossians 3, just Colossians 3.17, we could talk about probably for the rest of our lives and still be talking about it. But there's, there's some really powerful things in it. But just that word everything in Colossians 3 that comes up multiple times in the reading speaks to this issue of everything about your life and mine, which would certainly include our work, is something that we honor God with and we put before God. I want to just give to you uh, a couple of questions today and just cover them. First of all, I want to talk about the theology of work, the theology of work. Theology simply means our understanding of God. So when it comes to work and our understanding of God, is there even a connectedness to it? Because uh, sometimes uh, people can believe that work is simply a curse, and we'll get into that, that work is something that you kind of have to do and you can't wait to be finished doing it, Um, but we want to talk about why God sees that quite differently and makes it clear scripturally that it's an honorable thing that God has made a part of us and actually is a part of God's good work in us and on the earth. 
And then also, what does it mean, this thing in Colossians 3 where it says to do your work in Jesus' name? What does that mean? Does that mean you just go in for eight hours and at the end or in the beginning? Maybe Ron, when he's driving to work, he can just say, I'm doing this in Jesus' name and just forget all about it. What does it mean when Paul says, do your work in Jesus' name? Do everything in Jesus' name. What does that mean? I want to talk to you about that for a couple of minutes. So this whole issue of the theology of work, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, the theology of work, the understanding of God and how God wants us to perceive work starts right out in the garden. It says, and then, starting with verse, I need my glasses, starting with verse 26 in chapter 1, then God said, let us make Man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Then God said, I will give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath or life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God said, saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work God had been doing. And on the seventh day, God rested from all of the work. God works. God thinks work is an honorable thing. Now, uh, it's important, and it goes on in Genesis chapter 2. The scripture says uh, that the Lord... God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then God obviously creates Eve and the word helper there simply means, actually is a word that is used consistently with God to be a helper. So it's not like Eve is like a second-class citizen. Eve is, is a part of the story just as much as Adam is a part of the story. Do we have that next slide? The word helper there means ezar, it, a combination of two roots, to rescue, to save, to be strong. Genesis 2.18, in other words, should be translated, I will make power or strength in Eve corresponding to a man. So we're all created to do work. Now God plants Adam and Eve literally in the garden to do work and to do it correspondingly and together because work is always done in community. There may be times when you're in solitude at work, but work, our work, the work of our hands, ultimately becomes a community experience. And there's a profound reason for that. It's because there is this forming that happens in our work that is at the core of what God created us for. But anyway, this is before, this is before the fall. This is before sin enters into 
the whole equation. So the theology of work starts as work being a blessing. Work is a, a way for us to be blessed. We were created to produce. We were created to be creative. We were created to um, be able to accomplish things. So the whole thought of work needs to start, the theology of work needs to start at this place, first of all, of work is given to us as a gift, that this is how we display our image likeness of God. It's one of the ways. Did you know that when the scripture says, for instance, when Paul says that we are his hands and his feet in the New Testament, this is how, one of the main ways that the hands and feet of Christ touch the world is through your work and mine. You are his workmanship. I am his workmanship. Ephesians chapter 4, created for good works in Christ. He calls us to offer up ourselves a living sacrifice that we are created to display. Every person is created to display the goodness and the image of Christ. And we do it in a huge way through our work, the things we do with our hands. Now, also in the scripture, you see that God sets men and women above. The, the scripture speaks of this thing called dominion. In the New Testament, it talks about reigning. Paul talks about it in Romans 5, that we reign with Christ. Or some of you might be familiar with the fact that we are, we are co-laborers with Christ and we are joint heirs with Christ. So there's this kingdom language Work is a part of our uh, living into our invitation of being uh, people that reign and are taking dominion. All of us, every person is created because we are created in God's image and likeness to live into dominion, to display God's dominion. Where this goes south is when we don't live under the grace and the goodness of God. When you don't give your work to God and you just do your work to kind of do your own thing, then you are not displaying the dominion that you've been invited to. Does it make some sense? Hopefully I'll clear it up a little bit. So what, when, when you talk about theology, uh, when it comes to work, understand that you and I, every person has a theology when it comes to work. Everyone does. An atheist has a theology when they show up on the work site. The atheist theology is simply... Uh, that, that their understanding of God is that they take the position of God. When they show up at work, they're in charge. In other words, the buck stops with them. A deist, their, their philosophy of God, their theology of God when they show up at work is that God is there but doesn't really care about what goes on. In other words, there isn't this, there isn't this functional connection with their theology to God. Some Christians live a deist mentality when it comes to work. In other words, you go to work, that's your thing. God really doesn't care how it goes. God, that would be like a deist approach. Like God is somewhere out there, but he doesn't really care what goes on in my life. But what the scripture really says is God is very interested in what's going on in your life and mine, and that includes what goes on when we show up for work. So a devoted follower, the theology of a devoted follower comes to this place of living into when I go to work, and I love Ron's thing about just preparing yourself for work, for instance, of I am, I am readying myself for the input of the Holy Spirit, for the work that I've been gifted to do, 
with my hands, my mouth, my mind, whatever it might be, whatever you're up to, your body, your creativity, and I'm constantly allowing God to give input into my life so that God's dominion and God's rule and reign flows through my life. I get to participate in that through my work. And then every time I have interaction with the people that I work with, the people I work for, if I'm in the healthcare industry, for instance, and I'm trying to bring healing to people, that is all part of how God is forming me and is inviting me to help form them. Talk about a discipleship incubator. Talk about one of the primary places in your life and mine for our lives to be formed. If I know that I'm caring about within me, when I walk into my workplace, the very presence of God, and I'm looking for his input. See, if I work at Taco Bell, I, I can't find a scripture about Taco Bell. But I can find plenty of support for living into the Christ-likeness I've been invited to. And it's my pleasure to bring Christ to Taco Bell. This is what the scriptures talks about when it talks about the theology of work. See, it's important when we think about, or how we think about and what we think about God. It might be the most important question that we have in our lives. It's important when we walk, for instance, into work if I really think that God's there with me. Now, when it comes to what the scripture kind of indicates and, and, and speaks to when it comes to this issue of, of God being at work with us, there's a few things that you need to consider. First of all, it's, it's, and this isn't just for work, this is really for anything, is to consider God's nature. What do we believe? What do you and I believe and you can only answer this for yourself. What do you believe about the nature of God? This was the question Moses had when, when God was telling Moses, okay, Moses, I want you to go to stand before uh, Pharaoh, and you're going to make these demands, essentially. And Moses says to him, well, I, first of all, I need to know who you are. I need to know what your nature is. Who are you? Right? And many of us know that he makes, God makes a statement to Moses. He says, I am that I am. Now, what God is speaking in that moment is God is saying, my nature is I don't rely on anything else. I am fully self-contained. I am that I am. Anything you need, anything anybody else needs, I have it in myself. But I don't need anything else to keep me propped up. So God's nature is that he is all sufficient for everything you and I need when we show up at work, first of all. That there is no situation, there is no circumstance that's too hard. There is no problem that is too big for God to resolve or help us with when we show up for work. The other thing that's important to understand and to know is that God is spirit. Some of you remember the story in John 4, I think Claire talked about it a little bit last week, where Jesus meets a woman at a well, right? And in meeting this woman at a well, one of the things that he says, because she says, well, the Jews, they worship here and we worship there. And then remember Jesus says, well, you know, you don't have to go there to worship. I mean, you can go there and worship, but you don't have, this is obviously paraphrased, you don't have to go there to worship. 
Jesus is saying that I am spirit. I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm at the temple. I'm not at the temple. I'm at your workplace. I'm in your home. I'm in your car. God is everywhere. He is spirit. God is not just in a place. God is in all places. It's the omnipresence of God. So think about the ramifications on, on this, of this when you and I walk into work. That God really is with, this isn't just lip service. God is with you. God is around you. God is in the place that you go and serve and work and bring your giftedness. And God is love. It's important to remember that God is love, that his love never fails and never leaves us. The scripture in 1 John 4 says that we can love because he first loved us. In other words, God is always committed to working for your good and mine and for the good of every person that we work for, we work around, this changes everything. When you begin to lean into how God sees this, this privilege of work that he's given us and how important it is to us and the way that we're formed as people, Christ followers. See, when it comes to issues of difficulty or creativity or strength, I mean, think about your workplace. Think about the places or your home where you're working. Whatever it may be, think about all of the different things that are involved in your work, that you're, you're called to bring presence, the presence of the image of Christ. It's a place of humility at times. It's a place where patience is called for. It's a place where strength is called for. It's a place where we are called to be generous. We're called to be proclaimers of the gospel. What does it mean, for instance, to take my workplace for Christ? Or have you ever even thought that that's part of your responsibility? If if the theology of, of God, when it comes to work, is that he is totally with us, he is totally for us, and he's totally working for our good, that we're image bearers and we're called to bring his dominion onto the earth, display his grace to the world, what does that mean, for instance, in sharing our faith? And how does that manifest in our lives? It's a beautiful, beautiful privilege. You know, it's interesting because, as I said a minute ago, you know, uh, you're not going to find verses directly about Taco Bell or probably your, your job. Your workplace is probably not in a scripture. Now, you can find scriptures that certainly directly relate to your workplace. So what happens is when we go to our workplace, it's this... Talk about a transforming environment. It is a place where we give and receive and grow and transform in Christ. So it calls out of us our best self. Like, what can I do next, God? What is the Spirit speaking to me when I come to my workplace? I love uh, this last week we saw uh, the Brownells children, uh, Thane and Miriam. Do we have that picture 
these, these guys, and there's Beth, their mom, these two, uh, with their work, what they have done recently is they raised a bunch of goats. They raised them themselves. They took them to the fair. They sold the goats, so it's their work. They were working. This is the creativity of God flowing, and I love imparting this kind of stuff to our kids. So they, they sold the goats at the fair, and they turned around and bought five goats for Haiti, for the Haiti Goat Project, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the invitation, the privilege. It's not just about generosity, but that, that, that invitation to be creative with my work. The, the invitation to make a difference on the, on the planet. This is what dominion is about. This is what reigning in Christ fleshed out starts to look like in our lives. And this is the invitation. So to work or to live in Jesus' name looks like what? Again, in Colossians 3.17, the NIV says, whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, when it says the name of the Lord Jesus, that some of you might be really familiar with power of attorney. It's like you have the power of attorney. If you're to do everything in the name of Jesus, I've had the responsibility of being power of attorney at different times in my life. And what happens when you, you have the power of attorney is you are, you are standing on behalf of, you, you're kind of a representative of that person in this case, God is saying, you are my representative. You're working on my behalf. You're displaying my authority. I'm with you in this. I have resources to give you, giftedness for you to reign and enjoy the dominion that's ultimately God's, but we participate in it. Joint heirs with Christ. Co-laborers, joint heirs. See, but the problem sometimes is our understanding of salvation. Like there's kind of two camps when it comes to salvation. There's, there's the eternal life camp. It's like it's all about making the transaction to give your life to Christ and then off to work you go. Forget about what Jesus thinks about it. Enjoy the ride to heaven on your own terms and tell God as you're passing by after you've received the gift of eternal life, thank you, Jesus. See you later when I get to heaven. There's a big problem with this thinking, though, isn't there? Like, do you really think if you want to avoid Jesus now that you're going to enjoy heaven? I, it's just a problem, right? It's, a, it's an inconsistent way of living, yeah, some of you have heard it before. If you don't enjoy worship, you're really going to hate heaven. If you don't enjoy life in Christ, if you want to avoid Jesus, just simply, just simply saying, hey, I'll give my life to you, and then not engaging this life that you've been given with your work and, and your family life and everything you've been given, what in the world makes you think you'd even want to be in heaven? Then there's the other camp. It's the whole life camp. It's not the perfect camp. It's the camp that realizes my work, my family, my resources. It's what's called, Jesus called it discipleship. The scripture says it includes everything, in everything, whatever. 
certainly your work. To live in Jesus' name is to live as a disciple. To live as an apprentice, Dallas Willard loved to say. I was an apprentice for several years as an electrician. And when you're an apprentice, you're trying to pay close attention. I was an apprentice as an electrician. I wanted to pay close attention so I didn't lose my life. But you pay attention, and you're trying to learn and be mentored and spoken into and get feedback. That's the invitation here. Live in Jesus' name with everything, certainly with our work. means to be mentored by Christ, to be his apprentice, to practice a gospel that produces discipleship in my life instead of simply practicing a gospel that uh, invites me to be consumeristic about goods and services that have Christian labels on them. God, change my life with my work. Fill me up, bring purpose to my life in a greater way. Continue to reveal what you have for me. Which brings me to this last thing as as I kind of pull this together is this is where disciplines become hugely important in our lives. Spiritual disciplines like, see, I I can want to lose weight. I probably should lose weight. I can hope to lose weight. But that doesn't lose any weight, does it? Still looking for the person. There's probably people that have prayed to lose weight and did nothing, right? Just doesn't work that way. God created us to have the ability to choose what we're going to invest our time in and what we're going to uh, give our attention to in order to have our lives changed, and it's called discipline. It's a beautiful way that always takes us to this place. See, what disciplines do in our life, spiritual disciplines or rhythms, whatever you want to call them, just disciplines of, say, prayer or worship or community or gathering or the discipline of celebration, you can go on and on. There is no, there is no ultimate extensive list because everything can be a discipline. Your workplace is full of spiritual disciplines. When your boss gets in your face, that is a time, a moment for a powerful spiritual discipline practice. Do you hear me? It doesn't have to have a religious label. It's like, God, I need something right now, and it's spiritual, because if it's not spiritual, it's going to be really bad. So it becomes this place. See, we do it with everything. We don't think twice about it. If we want our bodies in better shape, we know we have to go through the discipline of exercise. Some of you are are musicians. You didn't just poof, become a musician. Now, you've got a level of giftedness, but you had to discipline yourself. The reason I'm not a musician is I just decided I I wanted to. There's been moments in my life, literally moments, where I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. I remember trying to learn the saxophone at one point, and I couldn't learn it. Like, I couldn't just play it really great after about 10 minutes, and I thought, I'm not, I just don't want to do the discipline stuff of that. But we're talking about our life in Christ. So when you go to work tomorrow or Tuesday or whenever the next time you're engaging work might be today, at home, 
know that there's this treasure trove of opportunities to be formed in Christ with disciplines. So when you hear us, guys, when you hear us around here say, you know, we just, we need to, we need to pay attention to the disciplines of spiritual disciplines, retreats, the practice of gathering on Sundays. We're not saying it because any, you know, that, that we need that. We just know that for all of us, these are the things that change our lives. See, if I want to grow in Christ, just like if I wanted to be a better musician, I need to, I need to do some disciplines and put myself in a position where God, because only God has the resources to bring that increase in my life. And in that, amazing things happen. So one of the things that we're going to have coming up that's a a great opportunity in a couple of weeks for us to practice the issue, the the practice of spiritual disciplines around things like community uh, is our life groups are going to go through a six-week series at the end of this series, which will start on the September, the week of September 16th, that second, I think, second or third week. Anyway, you, get, you received a um, life group list. You should have received it. If you didn't, you can get one from the ushers on your way out. And there's just a list of groups. And we're going to go through, for six weeks, a series called The Story of My Life. And we're going to go through different practices every week, different, different uh, kind of celebrations of our faith regarding your life and mine and how that relates to our spiritual formation. So today we're talking about work, and we'll all have the opportunity this week to live into the disciplines of the opportunities that work provides for us. But you're not gonna wanna miss it. These things in our lives, the story of your life and mine that's going on every, every week, every day in our lives, That series is going to be an opportunity, and the small groups are going to be a great opportunity for all of us to maybe move more into not just a more disciplined life, but a life that's growing at an accelerated rate in our faith. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. So how you can sign up for that, you can get information from Kathleen at the Next Steps kiosk. Um, As I said, there's a whole list of different groups. Kathleen's got the specific information about the nights and the times. And uh, I know that there's one that's like the midnight shift or the second shift. So there's a lot of different groups. We've got some great leaders that are providing a lot of different uh, opportunities for us. So let's try to jump into that. Sound good? Why don't we stand? And even um, you might have friends at work that you want to do a life group with. In fact, the one that we're going to be doing, it says Tuesday, but it's going to be Thursday. It's going to be 40 minutes long. And some people will be live, some people will be virtual. And, uh, and at 9 o'clock in the evening. So we're really looking for ways to engage everybody in every place that they are. So consider, maybe you'd like to run one at your work. And if you want to do that, let Kathleen know. And... Um, she'll get you connected because there's something powerful that happens in that in that practice um, that will bless us. So I know I'm on the the um, the schedule to bless everybody, but I think you should bless our work. I feel like that's yours to do. Yeah, could we do this? I, I kind of sense this as uh, we were worshiping earlier. Just put our hands out in front of us, 
And God, as we, as we come before you with open hands, we're just so grateful for the, the healing that's happened through our hands, the building, the growing, the encouraging. Our hands represent, in a small way, the work that we've already done and the work that we're continuing to do and will continue to do. So, Lord, we bring ourselves before you and we pray that you would bless the work of our hands, that your kingdom would come through our lives, that your power would be released through us. And we give you thanks for the work of our hands. So I bless my friends. I bless their hands. I bless their work. And I pray, God, that they would be so filled with your life and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have an awesome week, everybody.